All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Top Bin Talks presented by FTF Canada. Um, I'm one of your co-hosts, Adam Jones, joined with the newly signed footballer, Kwame Owua. Kwame, where are you going next? I have just recently signed for Loudoun United FC. That is DC United's uh, USL affiliate team. And I'm excited, man. Um, back on the East Coast, um, closer to home. Um, and Obviously, I said thank you to St. Louis for giving me the opportunity. But, yeah, the Midwest was tough. Living in the Midwest was tough. Uh, definitely and being at to adapt and all that stuff. But I'm happy to be joining Loudon and see what, what I can do this upcoming season. Uh, Two-year contract, so a little bit of security. And let's see, let's see what I could conjure up in the DMV. Yeah, for sure. I mean, going to D.C. is kind of cool and back – you know, you're obviously, like you said, you're closer to home. So it's might be a little bit easier for family to be able to travel down and to see, see more games, which is always nice. Um, and then man, fuck USL championship is a top level too. Like that's going to be a proper, proper game every single week, um, which will be fantastic. I know MLS next is probably still in that little bit of a middle zone with where you do play against, you know, when you guys came out and played against the white caps, you guys are playing against a youth team. Mm-hmm. which is what it's designed yeah. for, for those, for those, for those groups, right. Cause they're trying to mm-hmm. fit, you know, they're trying to put their own philosophy in with those kids and see if they can translate to the first team. But um, USL champs going to be a fucking great little step for you. And I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited to, to see where you take it. Yeah. I mean, and you obviously see the difference as well. Like you see um, like when we played against Louisville city in the U S open cup, it was, you see the difference level. Like these are grown men that have played at this level MLS level at a long time compared to, the St. Louis City 2 team that we had. We had a lot of older guys, but guys that just came fresh from college. So it was almost just playing like a a, like a college team with a couple of guys that play, uh, have professional experience against guys that have years and years of professional experience. So, I mean, it's going to be exciting. There's a lot of games, so I'm, I'm excited to play almost every game. And I'm excited to see some of the first team guys from DC United because apparently, like, we trained. They were on the same facility, so... I mean, Wayne Rooney's a coach of DC United, so that would be another tick off the box of legendary uh, soccer players <laughs> that I get to meet. So, yeah, it should be a blast, man. I'm, I'm excited. I'm really excited. Yeah, we need some Waza stories then, for sure. For sure. 100%. Get him on the pod. Let's go. Big yeah. guest. Big, sure, big bro. guest. Try, I'm trying my best, bro. Always. You know me. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And then, again, you know, so you're one of the players that moved, obviously, to CPL. Um rounding kind of into preseason here coming coming pretty soon vancouver united starting to fill their roster out a little bit more with a couple more signings um i think uh who rocco romeo went who was at valor gabriel bitar who was from edmonton went there i want to say uh someone signed into league one ontario a left back as well yeah. so again there's another young kid getting an opportunity which is great um mm-hmm. But yeah, and you know, wh- you know, when we talk about this a little bit, like what was what were some of the things that you remember about preseason? Obviously, besides the first year where you guys went away with Forge, like what what was it kind of like? Man, the preseason is almost as long as the MLS season, but like I think we have to take into consideration like MLS preseason was six weeks, USL preseason six weeks. The first year of Forge, twenty nineteen, it was like eight weeks. But that's because Bobby was just a mili- is a militant about it. So it was like, like I remember for Forge, I can only speak for Forge. Like the first three weeks was, the first three weeks we trained twice a day, no days off. We didn't have no day, we didn't have a day off for three weeks. And I was like, damn, like 
I think that's why we started. I think, and everything says it too. I think that's why we started off 2019 season not as good because like we were peak, we were like peak fitness when we went to uh, Cancun when we had that whole little tournament when all the teams came to uh, Mexico and or Dominican. Sorry, it was Dominican. But yeah, we were peak fitness. And then when we came back and we still had to continue training because the first game wasn't until May, in May or in April, April 27th or something like that. Like by that time, everybody was like, hey, you know, we're exhausted. And then I think learning from that, Bobby was able to change the way preseason was, to change the way how, how much we run, how much we train, how much we do certain things. But preseason is always an exciting time. I mean, as you get older, you learn how to manage it properly. <laughs> that's the biggest thing especially when you come from like college and some of that and you're a kid you always like oh, i have to prove myself so you come up flying out the gates but you have to remember it's a marathon not a sprint and as you get older and as your body needs different things and as you let's say you make a name for yourself you're like a, 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 a solid player within the lineup like you're able to do certain things where it's like okay i don't need to be i don't need to beat the whole beat test or beat the whole yo-yo test i know what i need to do and then i'm gonna continue getting my fitness throughout training or i know what i need to work on during preseason so that i'm not tiring myself i'm not burning myself out in preseason so those are just little nuances that you learn i mean it's, it's always tough for the younger kid who's still trying to prove himself but preseason is a fun fun time my biggest advice to people is man just go in and have fun and observe observe the older guys see how see what makes them look like make like what makes them play a lot easier compared to you like what's making you so tired like what can you fix yeah for sure and i mean i that was actually the other question i had is like yeah. going obviously from a collegiate or i guess like when you're in youth like the preseason is not really anything significant um but going from that to then college where it is and now with all these different levels is this still the same feeling like walking to preseason almost like okay here we go you're with the guys all like Hundred percent of the time, you're all kind of getting fit together. You're in. You kind of feels like you're in the trenches. Yeah, hundred percent. Because especially, I mean, especially in the CPL, because obviously Canada's all cold. Maybe not Vancouver as much, but like everywhere in Canada is just frigid. So like, you have nothing but to play soccer. You can't do can't do much outside of soccer. So you're really just always hanging out with the guys, like treatment, gym, field time. Then after that, you just go home and you just run it back again. So it's just like a continuous cycle. Um, I mean, and then, like, if you look at it in other ways, like, obviously, in college, you only have two weeks to get fit. So, like, those guys are really pushing the tempo. So, they really put an emphasis on off-season uh, preparation to when you go to college. But then when you go to preseason with MLS and USL teams and all that stuff, like, they give you the preseason package and they want you to come in fit. But they want you to, they want you to have a good baseline fitness because you're always going to be tired when you go into preseason. It's a whole different ball game because some guys are going to be moving 100 miles per hour. Some guys are going to be like, damn, let me just work with the ball, like make the ball move faster than the man. And then some guys are just going to be not fit. And you just have the coach has to be able to manage that and be able to balance that and be able to get the best out of where everyone is. You know what I mean? Like the average where everyone is, then like you work through that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that makes that makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah. Especially when you get to like the professional one, because in college, it's it's very right much like, it's like you have to be right away. And whereas when you're dealing with men, it's like, okay, well, you have your decision to make, but if you come in really unfit, unless you're peer lower David Villa, who wouldn't come in unfit because they're smart. Mm -hmm. They're too smart for that. There's a reason why they played so long. Mm -hmm. Like it's going to impact it. And yeah, you, you're under contract. 
you're going to stick it out and the coach has to stick through it and try and get the best out of you. But it's, that speaks more volumes than, than anything else. Right. I think it just having a good baseline fitness, cause you're not going to be as fit as you were are mid season. So luckily going into season, you have six weeks to maximize how fit you get. So it's like, what you are in the first week of preseason, they just it's just a baseline thing. Like if you're totally if you're terrible, terrible, then all right, like they're gonna be like, okay, nah, you need to fix up. But like if you're at a spot where it's like, all right, like we expected, expected you to be around there, then all right, then we can continue, you can get get you higher. But fin- running is just honestly it's mental. Like when you're running with football, it's all mental. So it's just like, damn, do I just keep moving or do I just give up? Yeah, pretty much. And, and that's the biggest thing. I always like, I hate running. Yeah. I hate it. Just give me the ball. Just I'm good ball. at running. I'm good at running and I hate it too. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then, um, you know what, let's just jump in. Like obviously the Canadian championship uh, teams got announced too. So we got the three new ones with uh, FC Laval from the PLSQ being announced uh, TSS Rovers from Vancouver and BC league one being announced. And then obviously Vancouver FC. So seems like now that the field's rounding out a lot more, which is great. Um, in your opinion, obviously you've played in the Lamar hunt open cup as I have. Um, and similar to what the FA cup is in England, where it goes all the way down to every single local, mm-hmm. um, local team in the U S is that mm-hmm. something that you think that this could grow towards, or do you think they have to try and maintain um, where you keep it at like a semi-professional level? Um, like where it goes, because I think I really don't get a sense of like the FA Cup, because obviously there's FA Cup ties that we don't even know about. Like, from, oh, like the low, way low, too many, low, way like, too yeah. many. You know what I mean? So like, tough getting all of that, because obviously there's more teams in, let's say, in Ontario and BC than there is in Alberta and all that stuff. So it's like, okay, how do we manage it where like, every province is getting equal opportunity at the lower levels to play? in the Canadian championship qualification and you know what I mean? But so far, I think it's, 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 I think it's really good because it's giving opportunity to some guys who could play at the CPL level, could play and the guys, CPL guys that could play at the MLS level to show their stuff against the top teams. I think even though like the guys like Man City and those guys have a bye, I still think like Montreal and Toronto, they, even though they're, they're the MLS teams, I still think they should be able to go and play against like, uh, league one team or something you know what i mean like it should be like how man city goes to like stevenage or some bullshit like that. yeah you know yeah I, mean? I, I think, think I, I think you should be able to like everybody should get that experience against a top our top tier teams yeah i i totally agree i think top the only team, the only yeah. way to be able to do that though is you need to get and so this is this is kind of why for me i don't think you can expand it to every single yeah like everyone being available just because i think one thing is unfortunately we don't have the field space for it and we're all everything's run on different seasons. Right. So BC runs a different season to everyone else pretty much. So because of weather, so that's, that's one thing. Um, But I do think that you should be able to get it where maybe it's a provincial cup champion or a league champion. They qualify for it, but in order for those teams to say, if it's a local team or it's a league one team or it's you know whatever to be able to play cpl or mls team you have to grow the tournament to have the volume to where yeah it's a whole draw you're just drawing a name you know what i mean like right now where you do need buys because the volume isn't high enough they're the ones who deserve a buy like the reality is those games are going to sell more tickets 
than any than any other game. So for a lower for a lower level team, maybe it's a League One team. Well, right now it is a League One team. For them to be able to make any money, they'd rather be like, no, let's play away at an MLS team. Let's go play away there. Because like the way the FA Cup works is that they get a share. So like yeah. when those when those smaller level when those lower level teams go, oh my God, we we get to go play at Old Trafford or at the Etihad or at the Emirates, like they get a cut of the revenue. So that yeah. makes so much money for them because of the number of people who go to the game and and all that, right? So I mean, going in, let, let's say Toronto FC was to play York United. If Toronto FC was to play York United at York University, like the atmosphere, just like how people like when Montreal play Halifax in Halifax, like the atmosphere is so unreal that it's like you 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 want to bring those MLS teams to those smaller sides just because like it's gonna sell out, gonna be a gr- great atmosphere. Like, is it? It looks worse when like say the other way around. BMO Field is so big. Like, how many people? There might be a lot of people at the game more than there would be at Halifax, but like atmosphere looking like yeah the money and the revenue that all that matters and you're right like you're totally right like takes into account it helps the other team but like just in a soccer aspect you're like nah i'd rather go play at uh halifax and have the stadium rocking like man guys be like be on top of you cussing at you this and that then go play in a half empty bmo field and like it's like yeah this is a nice field it's a nice facility and all that stuff you feel the professional aspect but it's like it give and it gives more of an advantage to the MLS team, which they deserve. But like that much better, they should play at these CPL teams. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that either. Like, I really, I really don't disagree. Yeah, I'm just with saying that. that from a soccer aspect, I understand yeah. the business side. Oh, of you, it, yeah. you, no, but you'd also yeah. love to see them go play. So even if it's like the PLSQ team, like where, where's yeah. their home game? I can go play there. Go like if and again, you have to draw it. So like that's the only thing that yeah. I think I've seen so far is that for a lot of this stuff, it's it's basically been they've done a draw. And, oh, mm-hmm. this is where you got the buy and this is where you ended up. Like, no, like, re, like just – and, again, I think part of it where, again, we're still at the preliminary stage of this because it's still regionalized. Mm-hmm. Like, the reality is the TSS, they're playing Vancouver FC or they're playing mm-hmm. Pacific. They're not playing anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not going to get drawn against Halifax and have to fly all the way over there or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, yeah. so because it's regionalized right now, it's kind of tough. You kind of do have to do that at the start. And I think the Lamar Hunt Open Cup does it too. It, it starts It starts the first two rounds are regional. Like, so we yeah. played against Louisville. So it was like a four-hour drive. And if we won, we would have played against Nashville, which is another yeah. four-hour drive. But there's just so many teams in America. So that's but what it, makes It's also like the yeah. size of the country. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you kind of have yeah. to. So from that aspect, I completely understand that here. But at the same time, if you're going to regionalize it, can we grow to a volume where it's like, okay, well, here are four, six, or eight teams in this region. It's a draw. Oh, well, the VMSL, which is the league I play in, the champions mm-hmm. of that league, oh, they drew the Whitecaps. Damn, yeah, see? And it's like, they got Whitecaps have to deal with it. Exactly. It, it, or it's either at BC Place, which that, based on the draw, it's a random draw. Whoever gets home fielded, it's, a, it's all randomized, right? Like the FA Cup is. Um, but you know, I, I, would I was hope gonna... that that's kind of how it would grow. I understand why it's not there yet, mm-hmm. but the hope is that, and again, cause I don't think you can open up to just about everyone. Cause I think from a scheduling standpoint, it's just a nightmare. Yeah. Like we forget that Canada's especially it's like six months winter. 
you know, on average. So for most of the country. Yeah. So it's it's hard. It's hard to do that. But I was going to ask you, like, how do you feel about the whole Vancouver FC like team and like the brand? I heard like it's the same owners as Pacific. Not too sure. Rob, 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 Rob friend. Yeah, Rob. Okay, yeah, that, that one. So, so like, um, yeah. How do you feel? Like, obviously, they're going to be fighting for players within the Vancouver, like, G, like. I know it's not that close to downtown Vancouver. It's in Surrey, right? They're in Langley. Yeah, so it's like probably forty-five minutes. Yeah, forty-five minute drive. It's really not that bad. Like, it's okay. it's really not. It's it's closer. So there's a lot more residential stuff out there. Probably majority of the population, and eh, not majority, but a lot of the soccer community would be closer to it um like the like where the where the bigger clubs are um they'd be a little bit closer to langley or in the middle between langley and downtown um so it's it's reasonably close i think the location is honestly perfect for for that because it's far enough away from the whitecaps where if there is a conflict it's not like like that's york's biggest issue yeah right and like one of the coolest things about york is i love their setup how they're at osa and they're like they train within the community anyone can rock Mm -hmm. up and go watch a professional team train it's that's Mm -hmm. fucking awesome that's mm-hmm. the problem with the Whitecaps. White, Whitecaps are out at UBC. No mm-hmm. one's going out there. Mm-hmm. Like, no one is. It sucks. Like, they've built this mm-hmm. really cool, nice facility. No one fucking goes out there, though. Yeah. It's, it's way too far. Just like how TFC trained at Downsy Park, you can really just pull up and just like, damn, you know, I'm watching TFC train. It was the same thing when I was with the Sounders, man. I remember yeah. I was I was in there with Jordan Morris. We are walking out to training, and, like, there's tournaments going on at, mm-hmm. at Starfire. And like we got kids walking up trying to get my autograph. I'm like, you don't oh, that's want a, that, mine. That, that I'm like, that turf field is terrible. <laughs> oh, that turf field in the back. <laughs> Starfire is horrendous. No, wow, it's terrible. Really we're on started. the we're on the uh we're on the grass back there. Yeah. That's where right, we got to train was on the grass. The grass is fucking sick. But yeah. I remember walking out and these kids run up for an autograph. I'm like, you don't want mine. You want mine. Storm hey, Morris. Storm yeah. Morris. Go ask him. <laughs> and Jordan's no. just killing himself. It was like, fuck, man. It was, no, but it was like you're in the community. Like I, I mm-hmm. rocked up for physio all the time. There's other things going on. Like it's just like you're right there. You're a part, you're just you're a part of the community. And that's why they've been so successful. Um, so from that standpoint, I think they've they, they've picked a really good location. Um player-wise, so far, it's it's kind of interesting that again, they've taken a League One Ontario kid before they've taken any League One BC kids. There's not a there's not a League One BC kid there. There there's not one that's signed yet. So oh, wow. I'm not really I like that that's part of it where I look at it and I'm like, okay, like they knew it was coming. How much work did they do this summer? Because obviously Pacific My- were going through their own thing. Mm-hmm. Like I get that. Like they were they were making a push last year, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but like how much work did they do on looking at those players? Because League One BC kicked off last last year. Um mm-hmm it's unfortunate that they weren't able to go and play in a tournament because again, mm-hmm. I guess league one Ontario just goes that little bit longer. Um, mm-hmm. That would be nice to be able to get that going every summer now mm-hmm. between league one, you know, have league one Quebec, Ontario and BC mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. getting the rest of the country to kind of buy in. Mm-hmm. It'd be really nice to have like the centralized tournament at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it, it's, it's one of those things. Again, I, it's hard for me to understand how, you know, the coach isn't Canadian. I get that he's, you know, he seems like a good coach. He's got a pretty good resume, mm-hmm. which is awesome. But you're like, okay, I thought this was about expanding opportunities for Canadians. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, it's, I, I'm going to, I'm going to reserve a lot of my judgment until later. Mm-hmm. I think just until the squad squad's actually built up. Yeah. Until you look at the, the whole squad. I think that's yeah. one thing. 
Um, so if you look at that, if you look at, you know, what's their playing style, um, you know, and again, like maybe this is one of those things where the reason why they didn't go after Canadian is no, there's no available Canadian coach who's built a squad, who's had to build this thing from scratch. You would hope that Rob's learned from his experience at Pacific with building that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you got to kind of sit back and, and take a look. You know, obviously Mark Village is there now. Mark's played in the league and he's coached with Pacific, which is great. Callie's mm -hmm. gone there. So Callie's come back home, which is which is a great addition for them in goal. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think I, I think that's kind of my biggest thing is I'm going to sit here. I'm going to reserve a little bit of judgment um, and kind of see what the experience is. Mm -hmm. Because that's going to be the main thing. If, if they're going to engage with the community where they have a humongous opportunity to, because like I've, mm -hmm. I've brought up before, there's not a whole lot going on with the footballing mm -hmm. community here. Everyone's kind of pissed off and frustrated with things. Um, they do have a pretty good chance to do that, but we just got to see if they take it. Yeah. I mean, you know more about the soccer community in the West Coast than I do, so I can only take your word for it. My uh, one pushback would have been like, the guy, because the league is coming in 2023 and there's not a lot of free agents here as well, like, who do they go after? And how do they build a squad that's competitive? A lot of, a lot of teams have retrieved the same players and, all the, and a lot of the top, name play, the top name players are either staying at their clubs or on, most of the top players, let's be real, are older guys over yeah. like 24 or 25. Right. And they're probably hitting a, a part in their career where it's like, you know what, I'm going to stay with what I know, where I'm comfortable, where I'm playing a lot. And a lot of guys, some of it might be, uh, be might be at home. Like Brian Wright just signed for York United. You know what I mean? David Schwanier just re-signed for Forage. So it's like, how do you and like I said, the West Coast, Vancouver, it, bro, beautiful place to live, all that stuff. So how do you attract bigger names in the CPO or bigger like young Canadian talents to come play for Vancouver FC, especially because it's a brand new team. So when it's a brand new team, you have a lot of leverage. Like is you have it leverage, you have a playing opportunities. One yeah, thing. Um, playing opportunity, leverage money because that you don't, you haven't gone through the salary yet. So maybe you can, you know what I mean? That would Certain be that, one thing that you'd probably look yeah. at and go, can we offer some higher salaries? But that's also a double-edged sword because if it doesn't go well, mm -hmm. now you've committed, you can add, you can offer more security with multi-year deals potentially. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's all those things, but I think like the biggest thing, and this is probably one of the bigger things that I've noticed, and this is what's been somewhat strange to me at how long this is kind of, how long this process has taken and why they haven't signed many guys. Like if the, the coach needs to kind of understand what the philosophy would be and go after those guys, right? He has to find that it, maybe it's, you have to find local guys who fit your philosophy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I, I like, are you out in the community actually watching? There are tons of local men's league games going on. Mind you, it's an older league and most of those guys have careers that they're probably not willing to give up. Yeah. But you still have to like, you still have to go and ask. Like I know. Salary I, cap is going up as well too. Salary cap's going up. Minimum, wait, minimum, minimum's going up to 30,000. So, you know, like I'm sure there are players who can make that work. Mm -hmm. Especially you know? ones in the local community. Exactly. And so that's, that's the only thing I know that they held one. I know that they've held one. Uh, they did like a camp, but I know they've held mm -hmm. an additional one, like a, an additional inner squad mm, combine. Yeah. But I haven't heard anything, anything from it, like anything from it. 
So it's, yeah, so it's like one of those things where it's like, you're going to have to take a bit of a leap of faith. You have to. Um, and, and again, it's like, well, if you have a philosophy, you just like, again, you're going to have to sign guys based on that philosophy. Like, what is the, what is the coach's philosophy? Can he build this? Cause that's the one thing that I look at. I look at like, when you look at Forge, Forge has a, have a philosophy. They have a philosophy. Mm-hmm. you can tell in the way they play you can tell in the players they sign and it's really easy for bobby to go yeah let me play you know noah jensen come on in mm-hmm. no problem slot right in is he gonna be like if when kyle suspended is he gonna do what kyle could do on the pitch fuck no of course not mm-hmm. you, you, but you, as a everybody else player, everyone's everyone's gonna be able to step up while he does as much as possible but as a baseline of what's expected from that position he can fucking do it because he knows exactly what to do because there's a philosophy and he suits Bobby's philosophy. Like, like things like that, there. Like you just there. don't see, I don't see enough of that in the league where there's like this, there's a genuine philosophy of how you want to play. Mm-hmm. Does that have to change at times? Absolutely. You can't, mm-hmm. you, you know. Based on game to game, tactics change. The philosophy might still be there, but tactics change. Tactics have to change, yeah. but the philosophy should still be there so that even though the tactics change, like, you understand what is expected of you in a specific role. And when you receive the ball, you understand, okay, based on our philosophy, we want to try, we're hitting these different types of platforms. My movement is dictated by these different things. Like, you know what I mean? So that's the only thing I'd like to see. And maybe they're kind of screwed with what the scheduling is like with the league where they're like, yeah, you guys can't do everything you might want to do. That might, that might be going on. I have no idea, but it seems inherently strange that we're, Getting close to the end of January. Preseason starts February 14th. I think they've got five signings. Yeah. Like that seems incredibly low. So again, I I don't know what discussions are going on behind closed doors. I don't know any of that stuff, but it just seems like things are like, it's like, it's getting a lot closer. Like it's getting really, really close. Hopefully they, they, um, solidify some more signings by the end of the by the end of the month because obviously you need to have you need to know who you're bringing into preseason like ftf hosted with dylan Ferrero uh combine with the best 20 players under 25 60 players and i think vancouver fc was there i mean a lot of coaches from uh different cpl teams are there and hopefully a couple of those guys get opportunity like those are a lot of guys that I know personally that we're on CPL teams and maybe never had the, the best run of form or never played in their best position or whatever and are trying to come back and get back into the league. So, I mean, hopefully that helps. Maybe they take a couple of players from there because at that same time, it's like those players don't have that much leverage and players. So it's like they can both help each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, I yeah. want to play. I want to play again. I played at this level. I'm willing to take, let's say, thirty-five thousand just because I want to play. And Vancouver's like, that's perfect because we need a player. <laughs> so hopefully that works out for a couple of players. And there's a couple, there are a couple of free agents um, that are looking for teams as well. So hopefully, like I know a couple of guys from Forge that haven't re-signed yet and are looking for teams, and hopefully they can find teams. So I mean, it's just a matter of time. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. And I, I think it's, I, I think the reality is like you're coming in now into a pretty established league mm-hmm. that there are going to be some growing pains. So the idea of like, for me, this is almost a perfect opportunity to provide a bunch of opportunities to local BC kids 
to be like, mm-hmm. honestly, man, like, let's see, like, we need to yeah. sign X amount of players. We're going to sign them to league minimum deals. Let's see. We'll sign you to a mm-hmm. one-year deal. If you, we feel like you earned it, we're going to bump your salary the next year. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I feel like that's almost like a perfect opportunity because you're, you, again, yeah. you're walking into a league where, you know, the forge forges are established Atletico. Unfortunately, you're not, you don't have the backing of an Atletico Madrid. Atletico. It's worth mm-hmm. a billion dollars <laughs> you don't have that backing unfortunately yeah. like yeah, you don't have the you don't have the history of calvary Cal- like, but they're yeah. established they're established yeah. halifax are getting more established york mm-hmm. are getting more established even though york mm-hmm. just have way too much turnover every fucking year mm-hmm. for that to honestly be successful you know mm-hmm. valor are getting more established where they're maintaining players mm-hmm. like that's kind of the thing like those first couple of years there was a lot of up and down and, and Pacific too. Pacific are maintaining mm-hmm. players. So now all of a sudden when you have a philosophy and you've maintained players, well, they've been able to grow with the philosophy and improve yeah. within it. So mm-hmm. it's going to have to be a patient thing anyway. Like I'm, if mm-hmm. just, yeah, look like at auto, auto, auto was terrible two years ago. And now they finished on the top of the table this year. So like, you might be t- they, I think they they're just going to have to accept that they might be bad. Well, I think like if you, if I was to predict right now, I'd predict that they're going to finish last. Yeah, it's like well, that doesn't necessarily that mean might... like it doesn't mean that they might be bad to watch. It might be like look at the opportunities they're giving, but all oh, they got punished by these amateur mistakes. You're like, yeah, they had a group of amateurs. Like this is their first year being pros. Yeah. You gotta it's throw, gonna... you gotta throw, you gotta throw new guys into the pool because the CPL pool has been the CP same CPL pool since 2019. Same players just going to different teams. But if you add extra people that have never had the opportunity on certain teams, then like even if they don't resign for that team, they'll be able to. You know what I mean? So which which is what it. I've been bitching about for the last yeah. while about yeah, this you player pool. You have to increase it. You have to find you a have moment to, throw guys. to increase it. You have to. And an expansion team seems like the best one. And you should be looking in your local community. You should. But that doesn't mean you don't look in other ones either. Right? Like, it, it, it's the time to kind of look at it and, and mm-hmm. genuinely have, have a go. Because at the same time, you might also see someone from another Someone else, for like maybe someone at Forge who's on their last year of the contract doesn't play mm-hmm. a lot next year and is upset, but they go, fuck, you know what? They play a good brand of football and mm-hmm. they need someone in my position. Like mm-hmm. that may be a way that now you attract more players mm-hmm. that way. And, right? ext- they, and, and they extend their career. Exactly. So it, it, I would hope, I'm hoping desperately that that's what happens, mm-hmm. um, but we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. It, it'll be interesting over the next couple of weeks too, because I'm expecting a lot more announcements to start coming and yeah. flowing through. Um, and and yeah, hopefully we get some more. Hopefully we get some more promotional material from them as well, because so far yeah. it's just been you know it's kind of the initial yeah. one and not too much else. So hopefully it comes and and, and yeah, we'll see. Yeah, wait. Continuing with the uh, Canadian Premier League though. Um, Atletico Ottawa, two players, Nate Ingham and Oliver Bassett, getting to train with Atletico San Luis in Mexico. Um, I personally DM'd Ollie Bassett. I said, yo, make sure you don't come back. <laughs> yeah. Said, yeah, bro, it's a great opportunity. I mean, you probably be the first ginger playing in the Mexican league, but bro, that's that's still great. Bro. I hope so, he's got SPF I, a million. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. So I messaged him. I said, yo, congrats. Message me. It's like, congrats. Like, yo take that opportunity and run with it. And even if not, at least you get, you come back with an experience of, you get a taste of the, the next level. And you're like, damn, I don't, do I, do I want to stay here or do I want to push myself to have another great year to then move on? 
Um, so congrats to those guys training down there in Mexico, getting a head start. Um, congrats to Marco Bustos to off getting to a move to, off to Sweden, first division Sweden. There's a lot of speculation about him going to Toronto FC, uh, speculation about him joining uh, Charlotte FC with Paul Manuka, who's an assistant coach now. Um, but I'm happy for him. I mean, played against that guy three years straight. Played with him when I was a youth and with trained with him in the U20 camp. And from his journey from Vancouver Whitecaps when he was a pudgy kid <laughs> to him being a fitness freak. And, bro, I'm just telling the truth. No, like, I he, know. No, was, I know. I was there yeah. with him, man. I was there. Yeah. It was such a he good was, he, was... He, he always had that technical ability, but I don't think he took his fitness and all that consideration. But now to see how hard he's worked. And from going to a, from a Valor team that was terrible that first year to taking leadership on uh, Pacific, playing good brand of football. I got, like I said, I got to play against him, even though he only scored one goal in three years against me. Um, he done well. Um, his last his last year, this past year. I mean, I know he would want to would have wanted to do better, but I mean, it is what it is, and he's got this opportunity. Two years in Sweden, first division. You never know what can happen, right? There's a lot of people that have made their name in uh, uh, in Scandinavia. And you do well there, you can always come back to the MLS and get your money and then move from there. So happy for him. Uh, what other moves do we got in this CPL? Jordan Wilson, the homie from York United, called retirement. A lot of people know. Don't know. Now you know. He's one of the uh, analysts uh game by game callers with um Andy Petrillo and Oliver Platt and those guys. Um so he's continuing on with soccer, right? I, I haven't had the conversation with him. I I I should shoot him a message. I just commented on his Instagram, but um yeah, York United captain, leader, fearless. And the video he put up on Instagram was just about him tap tackling the shit out someone. of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was like, yeah, it's time for me to hang up the boost. He's like, I'm, I'm sorry for everyone that I kicked in the past years. That's what, that was his captain. And I'm watching the video. I'm like, yo, this guy tackled like a real Caribbean man, bro. Just straight boom. <laughs> like, no hezzy. So I'm happy for him. He had a great career, great person, great personality, leader and everything. So getting to know him over the past years, like, it's been a great experience. So shout out to him as well. There's a lot of, there's been a lot of movement. Obviously, Brian Wright going to, from Atletico Ottawa to York United is a big move. Uh, Aiden Daniels resigning with Halifax. Um, Patrice getting the Halifax job. I think we mentioned that in our in our last pod, but even then, um, yeah, Daniel Cruz. Yeah, there's so much. Cruzin, Cruzin, and Cruzin Yao. They're both with Krusen, the Whitecaps. Yeah. Yeah, so Cruz like, on trial, trial with Whitecast, Kreefa. Yeah, I guess he got picked up from the waivers, but like, I think he's there's signed, a lot yeah. of yeah, there's a lot of CPL movement. And you know, what I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad for these guys because like, we're getting looks, and it might have taken a longer time, but maybe everybody, like I said, everybody has their own path. A lot of people are speculating, even me coming back to the CPL, but it's it's nothing against the league, and it's nothing but a lot of guys. The ambition for a lot of guys. That have played in the CPL to continue pushing on, and it's not like we're gonna forget about the CPL. Like as it should they, be, they they created the platform for us to show our game, and we're just gonna keep moving from there. But we always gonna give credit to the CPL. Yeah, it, it's been it's been fantastic for that, and that's the nice mm. thing to see. Is it, it's nice to see all the movement as well. Guys getting opportunities in different places. Maybe certain systems are gonna suit them better. Um, mm-hmm. And and yeah, like again, like 
it's it's still kind of funny though because how old is Kruitsen now he is 26 26 yeah well, he wasn't ready at 1920 to go to that mm-hmm. level but now at 26 like it's it's still one of those things even looking at cpl where you might have some older guys where it's like yeah no you know what i'm at a point at 27 20 you know 26 27 mm-hmm. i think i could play in this league like this the league still needs to be open to that door mm-hmm. i think rather than just looking at the youth because again it's just it, it's all about environment when's it going to be right for you timing all that kind of stuff um and i don't really think the league's at a point where it can be turning away players that might be good enough to play in it and it's gonna make yeah it's gonna make it's gonna make it entertaining as well so i think that is an important thing um and if i'm forgetting anyone in general like my bad we'll try and recap it we'll try we try to to recap it next week yeah man there's a there's a lot of movement in general so it's kind of dope but talking about preseason um preseason has started our, our Canadian men's national team players at Aaron MLS. There's a lot of spec- Alistair Johnson moving from Montreal. Hill and he started Hill very well too. Yeah, started first game debut against Rangers in the classic. So I mean, glad happy for him. It's crazy that he came from league. He came from League One probably what 2019 or something like that to playing for Celtic. I mean, it's unbelievable when you actually put dedication and time into Canadian players and the Canadian players, obviously vice versa. So him, um, Kamal Miller getting some looks. Him and Joel. Like, he, Joel him too. And Joel, Joel's, yeah. Joel's rumored I to see, be going see, yeah. overseas too. I've seen, I've seen some, I've seen some uh, uh, articles, some speculations. Um, Marcus Godinho leaving Vancouver Whitecaps to go to Poland to join Dominic Zator who left York United to go to Poland. So, like, like I said, there's been a lot of movement, even from MLS teams, a lot of speculation. Um, who else do we got? We got uh, from the national team. Obviously, we have TFC starting up, Vancouver starting up, uh, Montreal starting up. Yeah. And Well, like, the interesting thing with the national team is there's no January camp. Yeah. That the is U.S. just announced the camp, like, right after a World Cup. I get it's right after World Cup, but you've received this money. Not the time to do it. Like, is that, it not? Is it not the time that, where we start investing in this shit again? Like, what's going on? I mean, I think that is a that is a great point. And the U.S. maybe because their player pool is a lot bigger. Because like, if you see who they called, how many guys did went to the World Cup in that player pool? It's a lot Kevin of them. Across, yeah, yeah, it's not many. So I think I think Canada can do the same as well. We usually do did do that those January camps where we used to call like like when Borges went. Yeah, to I was gonna say they had a huge there. they had a huge one with a bunch of CPL guys one year where it was like yeah, Zator went, Amir Didich went. They didn't bring in yeah. like Fonzie didn't come, JD didn't come. Those guys didn't come to that one. I think it was right before COVID. It was right for like that first year of CPL. Yeah, it was January 2020. Yeah, so like I don't really understand why they didn't do that because that it seems like a perfect opportunity. Now again, other people. you expand that pool. Let's see who else is in the pool. Right. So like, let's see the, cause again, like it's that, that like the opportunity to not do that is almost like when you play against Honduras and you're like, how are we playing against a bunch of guys who play in the Honduran league compared to MLS yeah. and these, it's because they fucking know all the players and there's a system and they understand yeah. who can play in the system. Like this is a perfect opportunity to see what CPL players might actually be like, Oh shit. They suit, mm-hmm. they suit Herman style really well. Yeah. 
Oh, that's that interesting. Can, that that can somewhat contribute, and, and you're, build, you're building up to the next World Cup. And I yeah, think that you're this, four years yeah. away. It's start. It's time. To, it. I mean, we're three and a half. Really, mm-hmm. we're behind yeah. me, but it's time to really get going here. A hundred percent. I and I think that obviously starting with um, the January camp, it brings an opportunity not only for obviously young guys and stuff like that to showcase themselves, but like it could it could give people like the guys that are consistently on the national team, it's like, okay, if I go to this January camp, if if we don't have this January camp, I'm not going to see the national team until March when we have the friendlies. And the friendlies are what matters towards your points, like the FIFA international break. So we're not going to have any camps until March and then expect to win. And now Canada is going to be able to get bigger, against bigger matchups, bigger nations. So now we're not going to have any camps. And then we're going to play like, uh, let's say, Mexico or we play a Chile or something like that. Like, how does it, how does that work? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So yeah, I, I, I could understand it, especially given the, like, and again, it's those guys who are overseas and the volume of games that they're now getting ready to play and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I get not bringing them back, but mm-hmm. it was kind of the time to bring in the local guys who are here. Are you, are, you know? even MLS guys that you know that are not going to play as much? Or I like I get I get yeah. there in preseason like so it's like again yeah. like okay the Whitecaps I think are in Spain right now mm-hmm. so like I kind of get it but also you're like you're telling me that that's more important than being like yeah Ryan Raposo come into come into a January camp for, for yeah. the Canadian national team it like, could help their it could help their confidence and then when they, from that national team camp they can go straight back to their team especially people that have been in those systems like yeah. you calling a Jaden Nelson Jaquil Mar- Marshall Ruddy or Ryan Raposo or those guys like. They're not gonna miss a beat when they get back to they've their team because they've, they've been, been there they've, for so they've long, been within right? that system yeah. for so long where it's like, all right, like y'all can go to national team camp and come back and like you're just gonna have more confidence because you got called into the national team. Yeah, and then, like it's a little bit different than you. calling like Levante, who just got drafted yeah. by the Whitecaps. Like he's never yeah. been in the system. Like he probably needs to yeah. go to preseason. Exactly. Like, there's definitely a little bit of a difference there. It's a whole it's um, a whole different ballgame. Like if you yeah. call guys that are like uh what is it? the fringe players then yeah then i understand the guys that have been there a while then you're not gonna call richie jonathan and sorry on those guys because those guys there's no need yeah there's no need they just went to the world cup they're chilling yeah but like yeah like the Jaden nelsons those guys ryan Raposo, give those guys a look like even guys from like i said cpl to get them ready for their preseason like that'd be a, that'd be a big boost and like you never know how that opportunity might turn the corner for them when they go into their seasons yeah, so for that, sure. Yeah, that 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 is another one. But what are your Jumping expectations? From, from, what oh, are sorry, your, hold on. What are your expectations for the three Canadian teams this year? Montreal has a turnover as well. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Um, DFC make a jump. Mm-hmm. I think they playoffs. have to. I'm I think. Playoffs. Yeah. Oh, they should easily make okay. the playoffs. Make playoffs. Okay. They should easily make the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. just because, like, now you've got. You've got Bernadeschi and Insigne for the whole year. Again, though, the thing that just blows my mind is that they got rid of uh, – who was it? Who's the left back? Fuck, Chris Mavinga? No, no, not Mavinga. The other one. He, they sent him to Luka Orlando. Petrasso? Petra- Petrasso? They get rid of Petrasso, and Crescito's gone. Like, they have – what was the point of no, that? No, don't. Bro, don't get me like, started. I'll talk, this I'll talk to you about blows this. blows my I can talk, fucking I can talk, mind. I can talk like, to you, I can Canadian talk to you about kid? it. I can talk to you about this off – off camera <laughs> don't get me started don't get me started like, with that situation bro 
So it's like yeah. I, I didn't understand that one. So like that's a little bit of a worry, obviously. Yeah, you have uh, three. You have three, in, you, have, you have three right backs and zero left backs. Matt no, Hedges will help though. So yeah, running Matt Hedges, which, which is good. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully Max healthy. Like, and he, if he can sustain it, him and Bradley together will, will be obviously solid. Um, Who's our goalkeeper? Hey man, I'm gonna try to get some inside inside scoop, and then I got some inside scoop. But I don't know if I could tell you because it's still a little. But obviously, it's speculation that Sean yeah. Johnson from yeah, NICFC. I know. I heard. I yeah. heard. Yeah. yeah. So if like again, Sean goes, you're like, okay, that kind of shores up some stuff. Mm-hmm. But again, it's still like this whole thing. Like I would expect them to make the playoffs, but I just don't know that they're. I still seems like they're with when Javinko and Altador were there. It seemed Every- like everyone else around could kind of get to that level when you had Oso was, you know, Mm -hmm. he could, he, what he did complimented them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. again, with Richie, Rich, well, Richie's obviously Mm going to compliment those guys. Mm -hmm. Like Oso is going to compliment them to a certain extent now, but he's getting older. So like, does Bradley too? Do they have the legs between the three of them? Like, are they going to have to cover all their running? Like it's one of those interesting things where the younger guys that they have, aren't really in a position to make that step yet. Like Richie was when he did, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's one of those things where I feel like they're kind of like halfway in between in a lot of places. Like hopefully Jaden takes another step because Jaden got a lot of mm-hmm. minutes last year. Hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully Jax can make a step. Like mm-hmm. that would be the goal for all these guys is to make that next step and to make that jump and to really kind of shore up those, those holes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you would expect them to make the playoffs. I think Montreal are going to, take a bit of a dip obviously losing those guys like losing alistair is huge uh losing they Jordan Mihailovic, they, yeah that's Jordan a huge team. loss man yeah that one, massive loss. they lost Kai Kamara, and, mm-hmm. and they almost they almost lost victor Wanyama, but they re-signed, they re-signed him which is great um yeah. but then you're like well it's un- we're uncertain about kamal and joel mm-hmm. which are two bonafide starters for them last year kamal was an yeah. all-star joel was probably borderline all-star at least he played more than more than um, more than kamal. a new a new coach a new coach who's not really losing not... for nancy too like that's big man like and again i don't know if when when he left did everyone else go with him because remember when we talked to joel about the role that laurent simon played like is he still there so how much of the backroom staff is still there like there's They've got all those kind of questions, so I would assume that we see a dip from them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would hope that they still make playoffs, mm-hmm. but I think it'll be more interesting to kind of see how the East looks mm-hmm. this coming year because you'd expect Charlotte to be better. Yeah, second year in the league, kind of even thing. though even though they lost one of their veteran leaders, center back, he passed Fuchs. away. No, oh no, yeah, he passed away today. Antonio oh Marks. my god yeah, yeah that's right so our, our, our condolences to his family family partner friends everyone who was close to him everyone who played with him played against him great person uh hard worker like 25 man yeah man born 97 so yeah, it's kind of it's so it's crazy so while i found out this morning from one of my boys who's close to him and i was like nah ain't no way I was like, nah, that's got. And then I went on my phone after my session this morning, and I was like, yo, that's crazy. So, my condolences to the whole Charlotte organization and his family, family, friends back home, 
and everything. Damn. But we'll see. Maybe that's a little bit of motivation that you can carry within the, the team. Um, Charlotte should be better this year. We play, I played against them on my St. Louis City team. And they're a team that all playing team, they kind of peaked a little at, at the end of the year when Christian Latanzio took over. And he's a really good coach. He was my assistant coach at NYCFC. And he has really good ideas and really good tactics, real, real Italian. So he pays real attention to tactics and all that stuff. So they should be a lot, a lot better. But yeah, the East is always a, always a grind. Always yeah. a grind. Yeah. yeah. And that's the, so. so that's the thing with, with Montreal and, and Toronto, you would hope that both of them get in the playoffs. I'm going to, I, if I had to pick, I don't think I see either of them higher necessarily than like the four seed though. Mm-hmm. Four okay. or five seed, I think is where I that's see true. kind of them falling between maybe four to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, Vancouver, I could not fucking tell you, man. That's your side. That's your neck. I don't the think that I, I don't think they make the playoffs. Like I haven't seen any genuine improvements. Like, and again, like the bigger, the bigger issue that I have is like obviously Ryan had a way bigger role last year, which is awesome. It's fantastic. They don't really have a striker. Cavallini is he's gone. So for me, it's one of those things, like if they're not going to make the playoff, there's no relegation. Why? Like if Levante doesn't get a shot this year, I'm going to fucking lose my mind. Cause what, why the is fuck? Is Levante a generation Adidas or is he just like a regular draft pick? Regular draft pick. Uh, then they would have to sign him. The reason why they're probably, they probably won't. Obviously I was there. So I have a little insight. Um, they, they signed a lot. They signed two forwards. Brian, right. Brian White, my bad. Brian White. That's, that's so tough. Has, but anyways, Brian White just resigned a big contract with Vancouver Whitecaps because of what he did in 2021. Yeah. And deserve, deservedly so. Yeah. Brian, um, Brian's, a, yeah. Brian's a bona fide MLS. Yeah. MLS player, goal scorer. Yeah. yeah. So they have him. And then they just resigned. They signed a guy from the second team, Simon Betcher. Who was a uh, played at St. Louis University, and he was yeah. on the second team as well. And a lot of it is a business thing. Um, agents have a lot of say, like you know what I mean. Um, a lot of relationships with people, you know. So it's just tough because Vancouver. I think now they're switching their um, system. I don't think they're playing a three back anymore. I think they're reverting to a four three three, um, moving uh, Gressel to the midfield where he played in college, probably where he's more comfortable. Um, and maybe because they don't have the three back to play that, to play the way that, um, that they want to play. So they read, they signed Ali Ahmed, who's from my neck, who is one of my brother's friends. Yeah. He was a really, really good player. And like, I think they're trying to, as you know, Vancouver don't really spend money on players. So no, and they, they don't yeah. like they don't even sell the city well, man. Like it's one of the yeah. nicest places in the world to live, and they don't even mm. sell it well. Like it's crazy. But that's the thing. I, like I know Ali Sign. Like they've got yeah. Simon's. Like Ryan. Like Ryan. Those guys. Get get a so if they're gonna, if they're gonna play with one striker, that that's why that's why it looks tough. If one striker, Johnson might have a tough time getting into the team, and yeah. he might play most of his minutes in the second team, which is still fine. Like. If he goes there and crushes it, like, I don't know how many goals Simon scored, but I think it was, like, seven, eight. Like, if he goes there and crushes it with his pace and his, like, like, he was at Mac Herman, like, finalist, like. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. He might find more, and maybe yeah. he's not going to be a striker. Maybe they're going to play him at wide. 
So he's got to kind of learn that side, that but position it, and stuff like that, it, right? So that, that, that's tough too, because that's where the big money guys are. Like Ryan took a step this year, but if you change to a 4 3 3, you still have Dahomey who's under contract. You still yeah. have Dyberg, Caicedo who's under contract. You still have a lot of guys that are making a lot of money that it's like, damn, I have to justify paying these guys by playing them. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's just oh, how no the doubt. business goes. Yeah. No doubt. So, no doubt. Hopefully, I just like it. If you're yeah. not going to be successful though, like these kids, like you need to actually see what the fuck you have. Yeah. And that's the problem. They've never done that. They've never actually genuinely given very many of these kids a genuine chance. Mm-hmm. And that's so, like, they didn't give that. They didn't do that for Sam. They didn't do that for Bustos. Like the list goes fucking on and on and on with, with this, with this organization, man. Like it's ridiculous. So, mm-hmm. um, the hope would yeah. be that. And if it is, say it is white caps too. Yeah. You know, well, uh, I, they, my- uh, my thing is white caps rolls there too like you have you've got him up front like Mm -hmm. you know maybe there's maybe it is there and they're kind of duking it out and let's see if Mm -hmm. let's see who can stick my thing is that white caps i think they know where they probably know where they stand and like i don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing because like you want to go into every season thinking like yo i want to go fight for the championship but I think they are a more realistic organization where it's like, hey, maybe we might not have the talented players. There, I seen a quote from Manny saying they want to fight for the playoffs. Like they want to make it to the playoffs. And that's that's real, that's that's calm, that's realistic. Cause like the LA's, there's two spots gone. You got Minnesota, that's another spot gone. You got um Dallas, you got Portland, you got Seattle. Seattle you got, last yeah. year. So you yeah. think they're gonna bounce back? Like yeah, you got like you got Seattle, that's seven already. Austin was good last Austin, year. Austin, that's eight. Yeah. yeah, Austin. You're, you're, now, you're now at eight. Third, yeah, they're eight. So it's like, damn, who else is left? And like, there's a lot of fringe teams that were like, the real Salt Lakes can hit you randomly. Kansas yeah. City, Kansas City were down, but like, they're probably going to be back again. Like, Peter Vermes don't play that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're just going to hit you with the veteran move and just like, you know, we're just going to graft every game and make it to the playoffs. So it's, like they're like damn like we have a lot when it comes to like football wise like yeah, we have a tough we're gonna have a tough time because obviously i played in the west coast of st louis and the travel does take a toll it's it's a lot of travel it's a it's lot a less lot condensed of, than it is on the east like i totally agree and i think actually i like that idea of going no we're st we, louis we city want, we want to make a step we're, we're not looking at we want to win the championship this year we want to make we want to get there the idea is to get there but we have to incrementally make steps and so I think you're right. Like that, that, that's that type of a philosophy and mindset is totally fine. But I think it's also how yeah, you I think you still play the youth. You like, still you have to, be, you, you have to give them. If, a it, yeah. If you're going to lose, why not lose with the young guys? <laughs> like that's why I've said this since I was 12. I was like, yo, if we're going to, if we're going to be like, you know what? We're not going to fight for a championship. Why not develop people on the way? That's exactly. it. Like I can understand TFC, those, those big budget teams like Atlanta, New York, TFC. I can understand them not giving young guys a chance because they're supposed to win all the time like they're supposed to be title favorites all the time but like the other teams that have low budget costs like the colorados or the you know what i mean like if you're gonna lose don't lose everybody making a million dollars on the field and just stinking up the field yeah like i'd rather you have guys that are making minimum wage (laughs) and playing every game because then you never know you might find like two three gems make at least something comes out of the season yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. And looking, obviously, there's a little preseason thing. Let's hop back into midseason 
stuff within going back over to Europe. My God, the, the number of games coming up that have already occurred and are now coming up is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to start? I mean, well, we could start off just today with City being down 2 0 at half to Tottenham, looking like, oh my God, the Prem's over and winning 4 2, scoring three goals in 12 minutes. They were getting booed off the field at halftime. You know how wild that is, right? Like, City fans are barely ever upset because they're always winning. But, like, they were like, nah, these well, it's guys also are like half of that stadium is only there because they've only been City fans for the last eight years. Fair enough. You, you're not 10 years. We'll say 10. We'll give them one man, the Mancini years. We'll give them that too. But, like, yeah, fair enough. But they're probably not used to losing. So, like, when you start to when you start to see your team play terrible, you're like, damn, like, what's going on? So, they blew them off the field. They came on the field. Two goals in two minutes and then three goals in 12 minutes. And all because of Mr. Riyad Mahrez. And when you, look, but when you look at that, you're just like, what anybody tells me about youth development, like, youth development should be based on technical ability and understanding of the game. Because... Mars probably weighs about two stones, as they, as they would say in the UK. That's a measurement that the UK people in the UK still use that no one else in the world uses for some reason. And when the ball comes to him out of the air, like a glove, like his first touch and everything, like you think you can just, you, could, you feel like you can just poke him and he'll fall off the ball, but like his ball retention, everything like that. And to think that he started like in the, what, fourth division in france is he got signed he signed a premier league deal out of the second division in france with leicester and won a premier league title the next year year. and and wait did he win no vardy won player of the year did mara's win it i think mara's did like 22 goals and like 12 assists he was like i was like now who is this guy that's what i'm saying like you can't like conte vardy like their stories for anyone that's watching this, never give up because there might just be one coach that might be like, damn, I'm going to turn this guy into oh, it's a fucking Don. And look what's happened. Mars goes to City for, what, 50, 50, 60 million? And look what he's done. He's already won two, what, two Premier Leagues now? Yeah. One, yeah, two Premier Leagues, Champions League, went to a Champions League final and basically carried them to that Champions League final when they lost to Chelsea because he cooked PSG. So, like, you're looking at this, you're like, yo, this guy – and he look what he did today. So you know he's someone you can count on for if you're a Man City fan. Uh, Arsenal got to be weary. Tottenham, I don't know what's going on over there. There's times where they were looking dangerous though. They're done. They're done. Yeah, they're done. I don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. Um, Arsenal. Arsenal's one of those. I don't know what's going on with. I don't know what's going on with Liverpool. It's the Klopp effect, man. It's the Klopp effect. He sticks with the same guys for too long, and they're old, and they can't run that much anymore, and. Funny enough, I read something the other day where it was like uh, the former sporting director, Michael Edwards, didn't want to give Van Dyke that next contract. He's like, he's going he's gonna to fall off a cliff soon. He's getting old. He's not worth yeah. it. And they went, nope. So they signed him. He's been terrible this year for his standard. For his standards. Because there was one point everybody's like, Van Dyke might be the best center back ever. I'm like, bro, did Wait, you just they forget saying, about Mullet? Maldini, Nesta, Ram. Like, even though Ramos has the most red cards for any defender ever, he still probably has the most goals for every defender He's ever. not even the best <laughs> defender to play in the Premier League. Look at Rio Ferdinand and John Terry. 
Tony Adams, Yapstan, Vidic, like yeah, like you, it, it's a little yeah, bit of recency bias. Yeah, I get he yeah. was up for the Ballon d'Or and he was up for the UEFA's best player during that year, mm-hmm. and I get that, but give me a fucking break. Yeah, like kind of our own a Ballon d'Or, so like I don't know, <laughs> you you got it, but your team, Manchester United. I'm gonna leave the floor to you, even though this last game, that free kick, god damn. That <laughs> pissed me off. That, that's, a, that's a buzzer beater. <laughs> that, that pissed me off. Actually, they almost won it after that. You know, Casemiro almost won it after that. The ball came in and it Crazy. ducked and he just missed his knee. Like he was on the goal line. He should direct it forward and he scores. Like they almost won it at the death. So, no, man, it's, it's nice to see a team with a philosophy again. That's that's all I can really say because like and, and again it's a team that you look at it and you're like you can tell they're all kind of they're all playing for each other. Luke Shaw now looks like well you know you don't need to go sign another center back because Luke Shaw can play center back now. He's about five eight. <laughs> Luke Shaw no Mart no that's 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 uh, Martinez 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 is, are about the same size. Yeah. So but you have him Martinez Shaw Varan um, you know those three it's awesome like what. Eric Ten Hag has done to Aaron Wan-Bissaka is outrageous. I did Crazy. not see that coming. Didn't see it coming. His technical ability. I used to get so mad. Because I used to watch TFC games. And then I watched Miami and Wan-Bissaka. I'm like, Rich, you are better than this guy. I'm like, you put you in an Eric Ten Like, you know what I mean? Put him at the same level. A couple of training sessions. You know what I mean? And you could play. Because like, I'm like, this guy can't even pass a ball sometimes. And he didn't feature for the Man U team for a long time. I think Eric Tenog was like, yo, you have everything physically, 1v1 defending, all that stuff. Just work on the tactical and technical part, and you will play. And now look at him. Yeah. He won't go- I, feel like, I feel like he went ghost for a little bit to do all that stuff, and now he's back. He's like, all right, yo, now the confidence is back. Like, he used to lose the ball unnecessarily all the time. I was like, damn, bro. I, I understand it's a high level. but like, It was a, a black used- hole. Every time yeah. the ball, and you're like, oh, my God. Just oh, my God. Hopefully you don't face. lose the ball. Just like, or, something. or pass it back to the center back. Like, yeah. do something. So yeah. that's – and that actually gives me a ton of encouragement looking at Jaden Sancho because Sancho's going through some mental stuff. Tanag's like, go away. We're going to sort you out. And so it, when he comes back, the only thing with them is they don't, they don't have the squad depth to be able to do this for the whole year. Like, they're not in a title race. I, I'm not buying that. Like, if they were – if they – were to have beat Palace and then beat Arsenal from a points perspective, you were like, oh yeah, they're in it. Mm-hmm. But it's just they don't have this, they don't have enough players. They don't. Mm-hmm. You know, they've lost too many. They haven't been able to sign the players that they want. Um and, and that's kind of the thing. And that's what I I actually don't mind about it is that there weren't players out there that they were willing to sign. So they didn't. They didn't buy someone just to buy them, which they've done mm-hmm. for the last since Ferguson left. So mm-hmm. It's incredibly encouraging and it's really fun. It's like really, really fun. And I hope that they fucking beat Arsenal. The only thing that pissed me off is that I don't understand why they even. No, but why did they have to play against Palace? That wasn't a makeup game. Like, I don't like they're now sitting on 19 Arsenal on 18 games. Why did they play an extra game this week? Like, I, I would assume. Like just looking at, it, I would assume it's because they've advanced in the Carabao Cup, and now this, that that mm. semi final weekend, maybe whenever that's yeah. scheduled, is when the rest of the Premier League teams are playing. Mm. But should that not be something that's added on at the end of the year rather than like the middle like this? When you look at like you've got Arsenal playing United at the weekend, they're both level on games. 
but no, we're going to throw this other game at you in between where now you have a player who's now suspended. I, I think such a such a monumental game like that, rivalry game like that, I don't think you can just move it. That's what I think. No, I'm think, saying the Palace I, game. The Palace oh, the game. the Palace game. That's oh, okay. the one where I'm like, I don't understand yeah. why that one was played because the Arsenal one was set. The Palace one was the one that got moved. Did Palace play? Did, does Palace have a game this weekend? Maybe that could... You know what I mean? There's probably a lot of things that go into it. I don't know, maybe the business side. I, I have no idea, but it does make sense what you're saying, 100%. 100%. That's the but, only thing that I don't understand. But, like, again, like, he's suspended. Okay, yeah. well, they beat him without him. They beat Arsenal yeah. without Casemiro already. It's yeah. a lot more difficult now, I'll be honest, because he's, <laughs> he's been outrageous. He's, he's been, been so important. good, man. Yeah. He's been so good. So, um, no, it's it's exciting, man. I think that they're going to – like they should make the Champions League, mm-hmm. you would assume. I think they'll come mm-hmm. third. Um, but it's for that same, like the same reason why I don't think they're in a title race because the numbers is why I, I don't know if Arsenal have the legs to finish it off mm-hmm. with the number of games coming up because they've got Europa League just like United do. United got to play Barcelona coming up soon too, which is going to yeah. be awesome title watch. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be awesome. I actually, and I, that's the thing. I, yeah. The thing that I love about it is that it's like, great, here we go. I got uh, yeah. Like I, I'm actually it. excited to watch it rather than going. Oh my god, they got Barcelona. Yeah, Barcelona. Yeah, it's just like no, let's go. It's more even now than it was back in the day after the Wayne Rooney after the Wayne Rooney time. I feel like after twenty the twenty twelve or twenty eleven Champions League yeah. final, that's when it was like, all right, yo, man, you can't stand with Barca. But like, no team at that point was really standing with Barca. But then, like now, it's like, okay, every team. There's not a lot of parity. Like, there's no team saying like, damn, I don't want to play this team. Like every team yeah. is, I feel like all, if you say the top 25 clubs in the world, like, I feel like any of them can beat any of them at any, at like any time. It does feel like that a little bit yeah. more now. Um, yeah. I would and say the teams the last, are more like, balanced. I feel like that's this year though. Cause yeah. I would even go back to last year, the year before that. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone wanted to get Liverpool in the champions league. No or one City wanted too. that draw. No one wanted city. No one wanted Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Real Madrid, obviously, yeah. you know, no one really wants to get them that deep in yeah. the Champions League anymore. Because mm-hmm. earlier on, you're like, yeah, we might be able to nick this. The longer they go, though, just the experience of all those players to get mm-hmm. through it, right? Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, as for United, man, it's uh, it's exciting. It's really yeah. exciting. It looks like they're... And again, like I, that's why the biggest thing I was on with Ten Hag. I was like, the guy's won at every level he's gone. I trust and him. He's might- got a philosophy... If you, if you look at all the teams that are in first place in the top five leagues, you have Arsenal, Markel Arteta came from Pep Guardiola. You have Barcelona, Xavi Hernandez came from Pep Guardiola. Yep. Now, Eric Ten Hag, who was assistant coach with Pep at Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. Yeah, bro. I like It's like, damn, the Pep effect is a Vincent company who's cooking the championship with Burnley, having them knock it. I'm like, Burnley's playing footy like that now? I like know. He has one year Burnley. later. Yeah. <laughs> Burnley was like this. He's like, yo, honestly, yo, we're not doing this no more. Bro, yeah. the Pep effect is real. And Pep is like, I think Pep is on here just, he's like, you know what? I need to create competition for myself. So I'm going to make all these guys nice coaches and then they're going to go coach these big teams. And then I'm going to, let's see, let's see if I, let's see if they beat me at my own game. And that's what it's really looking like. I'm like, damn, it's, bro, it's unbelievable to watch. And, uh, talk about other games like top Barcelona versus Real Madrid, Supercopa. They had it in Saudi Arabia. Was it Saudi Saudi Arabia? 
Was it Saudi Arabia or was it in Dubai? One I of think those. It was, yeah, one of those. Yeah. Um, they had the Supercopa semifinals and finals. Barcelona played Real Betis in the semifinals. One semifinal and the other one was Real Madrid versus Valencia. Real Madrid won cleanly. Barcelona struggled always with Real Betis for some reason. Extra time, penalties. Then they play Real Madrid in the final. Were you thinking, ah, oh, Real Madrid might just cook these guys? And Barcelona absolutely snapped. No, honestly, <laughs> it's it's one of those ones. I don't know why, but Xavi seems to have them dialed right now. Like Pedri and Gavi in that game were just unplayable. Lewandowski, bro, it was just like, yo, these guys are just dancing right now. Yeah, Xavi's Xavi seemed to he seemed to kind of get mm-hmm. a little bit of that the factor that that his teams had back mm-hmm. in. Um, I don't know if it's sustainable for the whole year, just given like, again, squad depth and what's going on behind the scenes where they have to sell on so many players and they can only like all that stuff is absolute nonsense. Mm -hmm. Um, But for him to be able to drown out that noise and to produce where they're, they're first in La Liga right now too. Are they not? Yeah. Yeah. Like by like four points. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's quite an incredible job that he's done. Yeah. And it's, I hope that the youth on the team can stay healthy. Cause he he's been bench he's been benching Busquets, Jordi Alba, all those. He's gone with um, Balde at left back. Finally playing Frankie De Jong in the sixth position where he just dominates. For some reason, that guy's like the best dribbling six ever. <laughs> like so you can't good. get the ball off the man. So yeah, you can't good. get the ball off the man. And then you have Pedri and Gavi playing in the midfield with him. It's like yo, everything is so fluid. You have Dembele cooking, uh, Rafinha cooking. Then you have, obviously Lewandowski is always Lewandowski. So I think and, again, what he did though is he brought players in that mm-hmm. suit Barcelona system mm-hmm. it's crazy it's really weird when yeah. you have the system and you have a philosophy and if you bring the right players in they seem to work it's really it's, it, it's literally with everyone I think Pep is kind of moving away from the system a little bit more because he's like okay I've won this way now you have Erling Haaland who's your focal point and you have players who are athletic enough with the technical ability to play different ways like De Bruyne can play tiki taka or if they got to play direct, the Bruins go, you know what I mean? He can run from 18 to 18 with the ball. For some reason, no one can stop. And he just plays it to Holland and they score. So they, I think they're becoming more uh, dynamic, Man City, rather than like ball position oriented, which is good for them because at some point it becomes um, predictable. Yeah. And yeah. I think the scary part is that it doesn't seem like they figured it out quite yet. No. Not at, I, I was watching but today. When they video. do, but when they do. Fuck. I, I think this team is built for Champions League. And maybe that's what he decided to kind of look at, mm-hmm. right? Like, because every other year, it's just like, and that, that was Liverpool. Liverpool were built mm-hmm. for, like, and that's most of Klopp's teams, to be fair. They're, they're mm-hmm. a cup team that you do not want to play. You never want to get them. Mm-hmm. Um, but this team looks like they are designed just to run the Champions League. Mm-hmm. And again, that's, that's the one thing that they're missing. And I think if you ask most City fans, they'd probably say, We've had a lot of domestic success over the last decade. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. won a European title. And that's probably yeah. what they, what I think fans would prioritize, even though I think mm-hmm. winning the league in England is so, it's so, so important. difficult. I don't think you yeah. can ever take that for granted, mm-hmm. um, especially coming from a Man United fan who grew up with mm-hmm. every year being up for it and the last very... decade not. Yeah. Um, I mean, ask Liverpool fans, look how long it took them to get one again mm-hmm. after the 80s, right? So... Mm-hmm. And and, it, and with all the money and with all of the money coming in now, yeah. like it's it's getting more. Even though it's like the teams that are 
vying for it are still the same, it's getting that much more difficult to win it. Mm-hmm. 100%. Because every team's getting a lot better and everybody wants to play in the Premier League. Um, and let's see, other than like Bayern Munich, PSG, like those guys at Real Madrid and stuff like that, if you're at a big club in those other domestic leagues, then I can understand you staying there and not wanting to move to the Premier League. But if you're like in, the, let's say, the, the Dutch League, the Belgian League, or like the, uh, the obviously that championship, like those little other leagues that it's like, hey, I can go to La Liga or I can go to the Premier League. People are going to go to the Premier League, even if it might not suit their playing style. The revenue that they're going to be able to get, like how much money they're going to be able to get paid, how much exposure they're going to get, how many games you can get in general. Yeah. So it's it's always a, a benefit. So definitely. Yeah, I think the only thing that I would look at is just look at like lifestyle stuff because yeah. that's the one thing that, again, that's the, the downside of the Premier League is that if you don't hit, you're gone. Whereas mm-hmm. it's like, well, there was a language barrier. There was mm-hmm. marital issues because they moved like – there's a lot, like, there's, like, the human factor that never yeah. seems to be in general everywhere, in the equation. Everywhere. So maybe it would be better going, no, you know what? My family wants to go to Spain. Like, I'm going to Spain because it's going to be a better yeah. choice for my family. It's it's a choice for my family. You know what I mean? Um, so I can understand all the players that decide to do that from those types of leagues. Um, but from, like, the personal, professional aspect of it, there is that draw to go no i want to go like like again we look at all the like the guys who are playing in these in these sides that are getting relegated you're like these guys are fucking unbelievable footballers and if they do get relegated a lot of them just go back to they're gonna get signed yeah or some of them get signed to premier league teams like yeah a team might be getting relegated but okay now we'll bring you back up yeah that's a dope thing too i was gonna ask like yes everybody knows that we had richie lie the last episode and Nottingham seems to be kicking around the corner. Um, the last couple games they've been doing well. Um, his loan is up in June. Um, what do you think uh, Nottingham should do? Do you think they should bring him back, give an opportunity, or do you think he should re-sign another loan play with TFC? Because if they're if they are going to get relegated, and they're going to change because obviously people are going to leave because your budget goes down. Mm-hmm. Do you bring, do you bring someone like Richie back in who played at the world cup, who you seen? I think you bring him back players. in. I think you bring him back in regardless. I think even if you yeah. stay up, I think you bring him back in. I think and I would hope for, and again, though, this is a way bigger conversation for Richie to have with yeah. his family. Yeah. Like, yeah, again, yeah. we just talked about that, but yeah. for me, I, I want to see him go back. I want to see him try yeah. just because it, the timing now is really good because really maybe good. maybe even this year it's like the whole thing that we, you know how we talked about like he's got to learn the system he's got to learn these mm-hmm. things and you know kind of like what like we talked about with Aaron Wambasaka at United mm-hmm. right maybe there is that kind of a factor where he does need mm-hmm. a year to to adapt to it mm-hmm. to truly be like oh no now it is so fluid and it's just like yeah and now you build, you build the rapport with all of the players around you as well because that's another thing that we kind of take mm-hmm. for granted right like you, like if you're not playing in matches it gets mm-hmm. that much more difficult to build fluidity within when you, when you play yeah and i think he went at a he went at a good time but a wrong time because like that's when nottingham was starting to just kick ass like they and it gets to a point if the, the team's winning the coach is not going to change a lot of players. He was and making I mean, the bench look, and everything, and that's and tough. Look, and look you, who he had playing ahead of him, man. Yeah, <laughs> like 
Yeah, yeah, Jed Spence, Jed Spence right yeah. ahead of you, who made who signed out of the championship signs a fifty million dollar transfer. Like fuck. Yeah. So like and, you had you had that, and then those guys were cooking. Then you get promoted to the Premier League. So you're like, okay, that's good that he went to go get games somewhere else, then played in the World Cup. But if they are gonna get relegated, or if they do even plan to stay up, I think it's good for him to get that preseason and see what he can do again. And hopefully, yeah, because like, I, you know I, mean? I don't think there's a problem. Serge Aurier, Serge Aurier is getting old. <laughs> like that guy's well, been on everything. Yeah, big time. Like I again, I I don't think there's a problem staying there for another two years after this, and then you can make your decision. Right now, coming back into another World Cup year, like then it kind of gets a little bit serious. But I again, like I don't. It for a lot of guys, like it's not like uh, it, it's it's easy to say. Oh, like he didn't hit the ground running like Alistair. It's fucking completely different, man. Like. Celtic loss. They got to move everyone. <laughs> like, yeah, but it, it's also just about timing. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, there's a, there's a timing aspect to it. Um, where again, yeah, they both moved in January, but there wasn't a World Cup break like Celtic had. So they're kind of ramping back up now. Whereas Nottingham Forest were going that whole time. Yeah. When and when Richie Cel- went, Cel- Celtic had a break, and then Alistair's coming from World Cup, so he's already fit. So you, exactly. it's easy to throw him into it, throw him into the game. Whereas when Richie went in January, TFC didn't make the playoffs that year. Exactly. So you're coming because he's got to get fitness, and these guys are mid-season fitness. So exactly. So the, there's, there's a lot a, of aspects. Yeah, I I really, 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 genuinely do hope that he sticks it out for a couple of years, though, because I think he has a legitimate shot, whether it's championship or exactly. Premier League, to get. And, and it's not me being. This not be. Yeah, this not me being friend biased, and it is a little bit. Me no, you saw, biased, you saw you saw like it at the World Cup though. You yeah, saw it at the World 100%. Cup. Like he's pocketing oh. Carrasco and Carrasco out oh, here dicing guys up when he's at Atletico Madrid. So yeah. So like, and and again, like uh, like I'm not in not neither of us have seen training, right? Like that's the yeah. other side with a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. is like it's it's awesome and there's a mm-hmm. philosophy side to it that obviously there's I think that's another side like it's almost like the classroom setting side. People don't mm-hmm. quite understand how serious that side is, mm-hmm. where you have to understand exactly and especially What's going on? looking looking at Brighton now with. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, what's the manager's name? Dezebi. And if you see, Brighton's disgusting. <laughs> but if you see, if you look at their philosophy, man, goal when Sanchez has it, their two center backs are on the are on the end line. End line. To create, as much create, space, to as create space for your mid, like. But yeah. it's like you need to fully understand how to do that, and if you don't, he's not going to play you. So it's mm-hmm. like you have to be do that, and then be confident enough to do it. Like there's there's that classroom setting side. That definitely mm-hmm. goes into it, especially in the Premier League now, because it is billion dollars. It's mm-hmm. hundreds of millions of pounds mm-hmm. to get promoted mm-hmm. and relegated. That's the mm-hmm. difference. Like it's it's mm-hmm. it seems a bit un- unsustainable. And it's, and it's not and, and and it's not even just the club. It's like you lose a lot of money yourself too. Personally, yeah, like you, so. yeah, you can go, you can go from making one hundred fifty thousand pounds a week to making seventy. Like you can get cut in half. There's a difference. Seventy five thousand pounds a week is still yeah, a disgusting but like, amount yeah, of money. Yeah, hundred percent. But, but like, it's still a still crazy difference. Yeah, like, big time. Imagine, you, okay, imagine you getting from sixty thousand dollars a year to thirty thousand. You'd be like, yo, <laughs> like, hold, yeah. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. So yeah, I I hope he goes for a couple of years because I think he has a legitimate shot to to sit there and play and play against some of the best players in the world. Um, but again, it's it has to be right for his family and the right timing, right? So we'll kind of wait and see. That. I mean, I feel like that rounds up. And is there any other games? Oh, Jonathan David. Hold on. On comes the highest, yeah, highest scoring foreign player in real history. With what, 40 goals now? 41? Something like that, yeah. 
40 yet. And that's a for someone who's 23 years old. Look what he's doing. Like, I mean, could have used it in the World Cup, but but <laughs> where do you think benefit. he goes? I I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Um honestly, at this point, I really don't know. I gotta wait a little bit to see what other like what happens with other teams. Um do I think he goes to the Prem? Probably not. Um, well, like, because so, it's interesting because I've heard like Arsenal and United have both been interested, mm-hmm. poking tires. And Man United just I got just, that, that Dutch guy. Yeah, but that's that a loan. That's a loan. Oh, okay. It's only until the end of the season. And Rashford is cooking right now. He, oh my God. Yeah. But and Jonathan biggest, David's not a, not a solid, he's not a nine that's up top by himself. So, like, the reason why, for like, for me right now, like, if he gets there one day, holy shit, that would be fucking incredible. That would be so cool for me to see, like, again, see yeah. a Canadian number nine striker be at one of the biggest clubs in the world, being there yeah. out and out number nine. For me, it's like when I look at it from a Man United fans' perspective of going, City bought Holland. We need a nine. No, it's I. We need a nine who is going to score as many goals as he does. Is Jonathan David the answer to that right now? Now, I'm not talking about in three years. I'm talking about right now. There aren't many of those guys in the world, and so that's the thing. Is it like okay? Is he going to be someone who suits Marcus Rashford really well? If so, you can do it by committee. Maybe Jonathan David can go to like Tottenham. That might be one, but because Harry, because Harry, Harry, Harry Kane, Harry Kane, the out and out nine. Yeah, I put oh, Kane on United. <laughs> I would Harry take him Kane in a heartbeat. Harry? Of course you would. Who wouldn't take Harry Kane in a heartbeat? Yeah. Yeah, there's only a couple of teams that wouldn't take it, and they have Lewandowski, Benzema, Erling Haaland, and Mbappe. <laughs> do you think? Do you think Arsenal? Do you think Arsenal would sit there and take him? Do you think their fans could could sit there and stomach that? Hundred percent. They would be like, "Damn, he's from Tottenham." But then at the same time, they're English fans. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, you're an Arsenal fan, but like, you're an England fan. Do and you, you think know Harry Kane would Harry go? Kane. No. <laughs> he was so close going to Man City, and people wanted to crucify him. So it's like, and to be fair, him at Man City would have done done damage too. Oh yeah. Because no one like we expected Holland to score goals, but not at this rate. <laughs> But, no. like, that's what I'm saying. But now it's like, okay, nah, Man City made the right decision because $100 million for Harry Kane, who's old, or $50 million for Erling Holland, who scores a goal a game in his career. Okay. <laughs> He's sure. just like, all right. Yeah. So, I think that. But Jonathan David, yeah, congrats to him. Uh, Alfonso still doing Alfonso things in Bayern Munich. They're I wonder Champions if that League would drop. be a good suit for him. Bayern Munich? Going, JD going Mus- to Bayern. Musiala. Musiala's not yeah, a nine, though. He play, but like he I played. don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Jonathan David can play out and out nine. See, that's, that's the what, thing. That, I don't think thing. he's, but he's not a, like he, he reminds like me when of, you look uh, at when you look at Musiala like as a ten, you're taking Musiala every day. Yeah. Like Jonathan David's not a ten; he's not really yeah. a winger. But then, so he's kind but of then, but then Byron, one of these. But then Bayern Munich's looking at looking at it the same way you you look at it like Man U. Man City has Erling Haaland. They're not competing with those guys, though. Yeah, but that's the thing. They're not. They're not. PSG even has it, but they're they they want Champions League as well. PSG and that's has, something where I think like Jonathan David, I think can help you win the Champions League. You know what I mean? Like so? again, it's if it's, you put Jonathan David on on Bayern Munich right now, you think they can win the Champions League? Well, you're choosing. Yeah, I think so. You've got Mane, him, 
and Serge Navier. Sane. Sane is up there. Musiala in behind. Like PSG is playing Bayern Munich in the Champions League uh, around the 16, though. So we're we're gonna see some. We're gonna see how that goes. That's gonna be dangerous. But damn, yeah. I mean, I hope I hope he gets the big move. Like John David definitely deserves it. Um, Who else? John uh, Jonathan Asori resigning for TFC. I kind of expected that because yeah, I think at his age, at his age, you're kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. Leverage though to get more money. So I'm glad he used it to his advantage. Um, but yeah, a lot of things shaking up and we'll see how, what happens next week. And I hope I'm wishing man United the best of luck next weekend against this weekend against Arsenal, man. They better fucking win, man. I'll never hear the <laughs> end of it from Marcus. If they don't, Marcus is actually being silent this week, which is incredible. Yeah. And, Ju- and, and Julian too. You they both the won't, they Julian. both won't say a word. Yep. They both won't say a word about it. They're like, I want to like Marcus literally goes, I'm not saying a thing until after after the game. Yep. And he's gonna hold it. And then when he sees you, is he going? He's you're gonna see him in Montreal. Yeah, I'll see him in Montreal. Oh, okay. Yeah, you cool bragging rights. Yeah, by, by that time, it better be a lot closer. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. So I don't remember what our 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 top four shows were in the beginning of the of the year. Oh, um, I had City, Arsenal, United, Liverpool. Ooh, yeah, I think Liverpool's not looking good. I didn't. I know I didn't have Chelsea. I know I didn't. Have, I said. I said City, Arsenal. Bro, Newcastle's still there too, yo. That's that's actually unreal. We forgot about them fellows, yo. Them fellows is just sticking out game by. I think they're literally going to the game. They're like, yo, let's take it game by game. They don't concede, man. They don't concede goals. They've conceded 11 goals total this year. That is unreal. That is unreal. Wow. But, yeah, I think think now I'm going to say the same. I don't remember. I know I had those first three, but I don't remember if I – I don't think I said Chelsea. Because Chelsea was not good in the beginning of the year. No. I I said Chelsea was like clever fit. Newcastle might honestly do it, man. Could you imagine? Yeah. I told you that. You're like, nah, no way. (laughs) You're like, no way they hold it. I I don't – I didn't think they would, but, like – how you have Fulham, who just got promoted in the top six, Brighton, it's absurd. Brentford are pushing on. Like Last thing I forgot to mention, since we were talking about Jonathan David, Kyle Lahren, speculation coming back to MLS. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, because he's, he's not playing. Yeah, zero minutes. As everybody knows, that's one of the homies. And if he could come back and get – and get like a high tam or maybe even a DP contract. Maybe that's someone Vancouver's missing. Number nine, man. Like yeah. that could oh, be someone. Goal right? scorer, number nine, good in the ATR box. Vancouver is a team that focuses on set pieces, crossing. They're not really a tiki taka team, but I mean he's proven goal scorer in MLS. And if that is a move that he wants to manage for his family as well. So yeah. that would help him being back in Canada. But if that's again for, for me, I would hope that he kind of if he's not going to play there, I hope he'd move somewhere else and keep Grafton over there. Mm-hmm. For me personally, like I, because I'm looking mm-hmm. at it from where, like, I in three and a half years, I want these guys playing at the highest level possible from the fan perspective. Obviously, yeah. he's, he's got to do what's right for him and his family, but like, mm-hmm. I would hope that that Grafton kind of continues because that's or also even, like, or even they're, in they're, general, he's one player who can stay over there and keep playing because we mm-hmm. don't, with being where we are ranked. Wow. can't send a lot of young kids over right now. Mm-hmm. 
then oh yeah we dropped in the rankings but i was gonna say like even just being there knowing him personally it's like this is what you wanted your whole career it's like are you just gonna let it go this easy or are you gonna keep trying until like okay there's no point in trying anymore yeah so hopefully he can stick it out there's um, he he there has to be a, an opportunity at another club over there for him like his yeah. goal scoring record at Bashik, yeah, this and stuff like yeah. it was it was it was so solid goal like, scoring record with canada like yeah yeah so hopefully wishing him the best as well but yeah the premier league is uh other than the, the man cities and the i i didn't expect arsenal this high but like it's good i mean it's the pair it's not it's the parody is it's not as bad as before like now everybody has a fighting chance at yeah. least to at least to make like the top eight you know what i mean because there's definitely more parody over the top yeah. eight there's definitely yeah. more parody over the top eight that's for sure which is which is great to see um the other interesting thing is going to be the fact that like the premier league clubs are flying right now they're playing meaningful games every week mm. no other real and except for spain spain's the only other, only other league that's that started it. like jumping to champions league right away germany bundesliga hasn't even started had they started they started end of, like end not of this too month long yeah they're still See? like they're still in dubai that's what i mean damn and then they play champions league in february 14th or some shit like that very quickly yeah Oh, and then luckily PSG French league started. They had like three games. PSG had two league games, and then obviously the game with Ronaldo, Saudi Arabia. What do you think of that game? This could be our last segment. I didn't even. Really, I, I, I watched that. the highlights. I didn't really watch the game today, but it was just like it was an all star game. So you know the PSG yeah. guys weren't trying to get hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, Messi but, scores, Ronaldo scores. You're like, okay, that's that's part of the script. Everyone expected that, <laughs> which is still absurd. Yeah. Bro, but, it's actually unbelievable. Like, we were talking in our group chat, and we're like, yo, you think the PSG guys definitely got paid? He's like, yo, this game should have been, like, at least, like, 5 6 nothing early. If <laughs> these guys were really well, trying. Juan Bernat got a red card in, like, the first. Oh, yeah. Man, what are you doing? It's a charity match. Like, guys came to watch everyone play, not, not PSG down a man. Yeah. <laughs> like, so Neymar, Messi, Mbappe, Ronaldo, they all played 60 minutes. Uh, Sergio Ramos got got on the score sheet as well. It was nice to see like Ronaldo, like uh, engaging with all of them. Like you yeah. know what I mean? It's just nice. Like Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar, Mbappe, Keller, Navas, Ramos. All these guys used to play against each other with each other. Like it's it's unbelievable. Mbappe just looking at from the outside in. He's like, damn, these are some legends, and he's a legend himself. But like those guys, Ramos and Ronaldo versus Messi and Neymar, bro. These guys just, uh, you know what I mean? So it's a whole different ball game. Now they're all on the same team and playing against each other. So it's actually kind of cool. Um, yeah, PSG played a lot of the youth guys. Um, PT Martinez, who was at Atlanta United, was on the all-star team for the Saudi Arabian team. And, yeah, it was a good good atmosphere. People paid tons of money to watch that game. Stupid amount of money. Yeah. Hey, hey, five, what was it, 5-4? 5-4. Nine, you got nine goals. Your superstar scored. Nine goals in nine minutes. That's not bad. Yeah. You enjoyed it. That's all that matters, you know. So happy to see the two, the two, one of the two, two of the best players ever. Actually, four to five of the best players ever. If we're gonna really say, oh, that, that gets tough, man. I don't know. How you can say it like no, when you go no, down. I'm saying, I'm no, I'm, I'm saying like Messi, Ronaldo. They're the, some, two of the top five best players ever. Yeah, and then well, Messi's my goat, and then Ramos, Same. top top three center backs ever, just based on numbers. Oh, that's based on numbers. Tough. Really? Based on numbers. Based on numbers. Based on numbers. 
accomplishments, numbers, and he came from a right back to a center back. Didn't play center back his whole career. Played half hard. center back, half half right back. And then, that's and hard, if you man. take it, if you take it to consider that, that's a, this is the baby cat after. But I, I always say that if you take it into consideration, obviously his red card accumulation, he missed a lot of games <laughs> from all his red cards. I'm like, bro. And for you to be able to win all that stuff and you were you have the most yellows in La Liga history, most reds in La Liga history, that is wild to me. But, yeah, I mean, so I, I'll give him top three, top five. And then um, Mbappe, the young, young up-and-coming superstar. So it's actually kind of dope. It was nice to see. And luckily, no one got hurt. So. That's the most important thing, right? Can you imagine yeah. just someone's season ends in that game? Oh, that would have been brutal. No one got hurt. Everybody got their pockets full. <laughs> and we move on from